Hey there, adventurer! Get ready to embark on an epic journey with Mythcraft RPG. Mythcraft is the ultimate TTRPG system and universe brought to you by the Homebrew Network in partnership with Quasi-Real Publishing. With one of the most robust character creation systems on the market, you'll have the power to design and play your dream character in a huge, narratively rich universe. Choose from 14 lineages, 11 classes, countless occupation and profession options, and a ton of talents. Discover endless intriguing and unique combinations to create your perfect hero, and the best part, you'll get new options for your character with a new talent point every level. Mythcraft needs your support to make this happen. Check out the Kickstarter at MythcraftRPG.com and get ready to embark on the adventure of a lifetime. Mythcraft RPG Kickstarter is open until April 19th, and you won't want to miss out on this thrilling journey. Let's do this. That's MythcraftRPG.com. A slight disclaimer for this recap, greatest hits, what have you. I don't remember off the top of my head all of the key points. These are just the more fine point details, the more important things story-wise that happened. There are plenty of shenanigans that went on, such as the what happens behind the tree stays behind the tree gag. That was a little thing between Magni and Sly. They hooked up behind a tree. Little inside jokes like that. So some of the things going forward that you might hear referenced, you might not understand if you do not listen to the original episodes and I forgot to cover it in the recap. If so, I deeply apologize, but I am only one DM and can only remember so much. But I appreciate you guys. I hope you're having a fantastic time listening don't forget that we love you. We appreciate you. Your time is precious. Thanks for listening, everybody. Greetings, adventurers, and welcome back to Rolling for What Now, a D&D 5e mature-rated actual play podcast where we sometimes focus on D&D and other times we do not focus at all. Our intro theme is VCRs and Mixtapes by Longshot Odds. Go ahead and check them out on their Spotify Longshot Odds or Monsters and Mosh Pits to check out their D&D items as well. Episode 21, A Death in the Family. After preparations were made for their trip back to the Dead Kingdom, Borzo and Brass helped the crew load up the ship with supplies, 
and they sailed across the seas, mostly uninterrupted, aside from a few quick skirmishes with other pirates trying to steal their wares, making poor decisions in doing so. They finally arrive at the Dead Kingdom, take dock, and find that neither Borzo nor Brass will be joining them. Brass has long thought that maybe it is time to stay with his family of pirates. He has some work to do, but he has promised to rejoin them again in the future. But in that time, he has given Magni his ring of sending in order to keep in touch with the Grand Clam if they should need their assistance. Not long after they depart from the Grand Clam, Magni rides Guac, who wild shapes into a horse that we know as Steve Rokine's mount. Traveling at the speed of a squirrel carrying three rocks the size of watermelons, Magni and Steve zoom off down the trail as Trouble and Jorvesh walk past them at a normal walking pace. During the travel down their trail, they run into a shambling mound who has attempted to trick passers-by into believing that it was just a regular pile of sticks on the ground so that it may consume them easily without a fight. Well, not our heroes, huh? They won't be fooled by such cheap tricks. They let loose and assault this shambling mound as it has tried to eat them, and they do not like that idea. Thorgrim and Gwok both get entangled within this shambling mound as it grabs them and pulls them in, trying to absorb them into itself and become one with it. Guac manages to break free and get away from this abomination of nature. Thorgrim, however, is stuck in the tangles of the shambling mound. Guac, making a quick, desperate decision, casts Earth Tremor, shattering the ground around it, breaking rocks, and flying towards the shambling mound, but also Thorgrim. They both take heavy damage, and unfortunately, Thorgrim is caught in the crossfire and dissipates, being pulled deeper into the shambling mound before the shambling mound as well is slain. Magni is now without his dear beloved Drake, Thorgrim. During her sugar rush rampage, Trouble feels a little tired, so she then passes out. Guac, being wild-shaped into a gorilla, picks her up. Notices that she is not breathing, as this is a trait that only Jorvesh knows that recently has developed. Trouble does not breathe while she sleeps. Seemingly, she does not need to breathe. A worried guac puts her on the ground and begins as a gorilla to try and administer CPR, meaning his giant ape fists are held above an unconscious tiny trouble. When Jorvesh intervenes and says, Oh no, 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 it is okay. It is okay, Guac. She is fine. I know she's not breathing, but she is fine. She does it. I don't know why. Thanks, Jorvesh. No problem, DM Joe. Anytime. Appreciate it, buddy. After avoiding a catastrophic moment, Vinden then appears and grabs hold of Jorvesh's face 
mutters a slight incantation under his breath, and marks Jorvesh. With an upside-down flame-like symbol that glows purple, as Jorvesh stands, wide-eyed and scared, Vinden lets him go, backs off, and says, You have much work to do here, as he looks among the party and disappears into his mist. Episode 22, Once Upon a Wicked Dream After Vinden made his appearance, Mark Jorvesh, trouble then wakes up from her sugar crash, notices the mark, hears the news, and freaks the hell out. As they make for camp, Trouble takes Jorvesh to meet Mr. Bones, and maybe ask why Vinden has done this. Trouble summons Mr. Bones, emptying her deposit of bones while she has the chance as well, and introduces Jorvesh to Mr. Bones. The only answers they find is that some warlock patrons mark their followers. Trouble asks if she has a mark. Mr. Bones declines. He states, I, Mr. Bones, did not mark you. That is the only answers they seem to get from Mr. Bones about this situation. During all the while, Magni is just doing Magni things, and Quok is tending to the campsite. As they are walking after their long rest, a strange being appears behind Jorvesh and digs its claws into his chest from behind. With a wicked smile, it seems to be made of bone, no eyes, a shark-like head and shark-like teeth, but walking on two legs, humanoid in its appearance, and only snarls as it draws the blood from Jorvesh as it has him held captive. Episode 23, In Darkness We Will Rise. The party quickly dispatches two of these shimmers. They are a homebrew creature based on a design I saw on an artist on Facebook. If I knew the artist's name, I would give them a shout out, but it was one of those collective artists pages that doesn't necessarily say the name. It was Immortalize. So you can look them up. The Slander, Wrath, Gluttony, Greed, Monsters. This was a monster designed off of one of their creatures. The party dispatches of two of these monsters and heads to find Aloran's shack. They run into a couple of spectators, one of which is promptly dispatched of. The other one is dispatched of, but Trouble decided that she liked this one and brought him back from the dead. Guac then promptly put it in his bag of holding to hide it from Magni and convinced it to be his friend over a long walk and every nine and a half minutes opening the bag up to let the spectator get enough air to not die. Magni, however, is hell-bent on killing the spectator, now known as Jonathan. When they do finally arrive at Aloran's shack, they notice a few of the creatures that they had slain earlier in the day, corpses around his shack, among many spider and zombie corpses as well. Aloran's shack seems to have been partly dismantled, full of holes and worn down, covered in spider webs and char marks. It seems he's had a rough few days. As they approach Aloran's shack, Aloran greets them at the front, warns them of the spectator, tries to assault it, 
Guok casts shield to protect it and explains the situation. Aloran is not happy about this, but accepts it, as now is not the time to be picky about his friends and foes. He invites them in. Not long after entering the shack, they hear the rumblings of feet marching through the woods. Trouble, being trouble, cannot see anything, because she's too busy breathing (laughs) on the glass and fogging it up to notice. Magni and the rest notice a wave of zombies and ghouls and a troll approaching the shack. They commence combat, and it seems every time they take out a few of these enemies, more are here to take their place. More and more monsters and zombies and spiders and trolls approach this small battlefield that is ever-shifting. It seems like there's no end to this onslaught. There's too much coordination to these undead and beast creatures. Episode 24, A War in the Wasteland. After taking out dozens of enemies, finally seeming to break free of the loop of constant waves of murderous foes, they start to see kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. But almost immediately, that hope of peace is shattered as rumblings begin in the distance, shaking the ground. It seems that almost every minute, these rumblings get closer and closer and closer, and by the time they know it, Aloran is almost swallowed whole by a beast none have seen in many millennia. A slanderous worm bursts from the ground, swallowing whole a zombie that stands in front of Guac and Aloran, narrowly taking Aloran and Guac with it, towers over the party and the battlefield. Episode 25 A New Horror Awakens. As the slanderous worm bursts from the ground, it rears its head back, aims its mouth at Guac in his blue slad form that he had polymorphed himself into and releases a toxic breath. Guac is barely able to escape most of the damage of this breath and he notices the ground and grass and dismantled plant life around him has turned to stone in the midst of this toxin. Aloran retreats from this battle not knowing what it is, and advises the rest of the group to as well retreat from the battle. This thing seems far too dangerous to face, especially after the onslaught they had just repelled. Guac is determined, however, to defeat this new foe. He will not be sent running. Guac makes a pact and tells everyone to get out of here. I can distract him long enough for you to get away. I will be with you again shortly. All but Trouble decide to follow this plan. They face down this beast as it goes from foe to foe. As it goes through the battlefield, it doesn't care if you are friend or foe. It will eat you alive. It takes out a spider. The group takes out another ghoul. Most of the other beasts and undead on the field retreat. And that is where we pick up in episode 26, Dust to Dust.
rolling for what now is Alexis Klein as Trouble, your fantastic, wonderful, lovely Moose Seder Warlock, who's not a wizard, Viking Joe Miller, your beefy, sad boy ranger Magni, Scott Carpenter as everybody's favorite bugbear barbarian Brass, the man of many voices, Charlie Keogh as Borzo, Rokai, and Guac Amole. Going for what now was produced, edited, and DM by me, Joe Phipps. Artwork by Cassie Hammond. The opening theme, VCRs and mixtapes by Longshot Odds. Outro theme for this episode is C'est La Vie by Longshot Odds. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to find more Rolling for What Now content, go ahead and hit us up flowcode.com slash pages slash rolling for what now it'll take you to all of our links our website social medias patreon even more all of our things right there one handy nifty location and it looks pretty too it's great for the eyes 